Hello and welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm trapped in a tower. Oh no! Well, I guess I'm going to have to ben, come, come and get you. Ben, come save me! Okay, so is there an easy like means of access to this tower? Is no, there like a back door? Um, there's no doors in For- so far as I can tell. I okay. should note that I have lived here my whole life. Okay. And you're the first human I've ever met. Okay, so... Right you- on there. Okay, cool. So, uh, is there like... A rope ladder that you can drop down. Oh, yeah, or... I've got one of those. Okay, yeah, cool. I have, I have an oh shit kit up here. Oh, nice. It's totally okay. good. Yeah, so I'll just come up the ladder. You just yeah. want to toss it down to yeah, me? Yeah, I'll toss it down. Okay. And now I'm coming up. <laughs> here we go. Thank you. you I ordered the special musical steps version. <laughs> Your hair's surprisingly pricier. short. Yeah, I keep it short. Yeah? Do you just like buzz it's it? Or? Easier. No, I don't buzz. I mean, the, I have an undercut. Yes, of okay. course. Obviously, it goes without saying. But I keep it short because it's. Because it's so darn hot up here. Because heat rises in this tower. <laughs> oh, so, uh, hello. We are doing a movie this week. Molly. As we do every week. Oh, we do those every week? Yeah. Or, I say every week. <laughs> what was last week? Because I'm not sure that was a movie. Yeah, that was just... Oh, that was God. definitely someone just playing... The good thing is that I don't remember a lot of it. Oh, good. Yeah. I didn't remember a lot of it as we were talking about it. I'm hoping that doesn't become a trend, because if it does, uh uh-oh. Well, we're both sober in in our right minds, comparatively. I mean, I do have still those edible cookies in my bag. If you want to get high, dude, like, knock yourself out. No, I I have things to do tonight. I really shouldn't get turned for this. So we're both going to be sober. (laughs) Life turned ethic with Ben and Molly. Oh, God. Today we're watching Barbie as Rapunzel. Barbie as Rapunzel. Barbie as Rapunzel. She is. She's playing the role yeah, of Rapunzel. She is Rapunzel. She Barbie, noted thespian. <laughs> Barbie Terwilliger Hernandez. Her middle name is Millicent. Okay, you know that. That's information that is just in your head. Okay, and her last name is... You know, I, I don't remember her last name. Is the Barbara Millicent something. Do you want me to look it up? I'm going to see how long it takes Google. Google? Google? I'm going to see how long it takes Google to autocomplete. Hello, my name is Google. Bar- Barbara Millicent Roberts. That's such a boring last name. I knew it was boring, and I think that's why I didn't remember it, whereas Millicent really made an impression on I do me. Think, I do think it's interesting that all of the Roberts siblings went into acting. There's obviously Barbie Roberts... Uh, Julia Roberts and Eric Roberts yeah. all went into uh, into acting. Now, is is Barbie the elder of the three, or is she's she... pretty old? She, she's had a lot of work done. Yeah, I mean, she's at the point now where she really looks. I mean, she just looks like she's made of plastic. That's really the joke that we were going for. We don't yeah, have to continue no, this bit. Funny. We kind yeah, of we that. can stop. Okay, cool. <laughs> so obviously, the Barbie motion picture franchise is. In your estimation, the greatest series of movies yes. ever made. What yes. can you tell us about Barbie as Rapunzel? I This is not one of my favorite ones, so I've only watched it maybe two or three times okay. in my life. <laughs> so, you know, when most people have a Barbie movie that's not their favorite, they watch it maybe slightly less than <laughs> once. Yeah, I don't remember this one as well. Once we get into, like, Magic Pegasus, Swan Lake. That's when I really... Those okay. are the ones that I wore holes in. Yeah. But Rapunzel, I don't think it made much of an impression on me. I'm I'm reading the back... Of the I, DVD case. Of the DVD case. And it's not... 
dissimilar to another computer animated Rapunzel film that's come out in recent years. Right, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to Tangled in that there's also a witch named Gothel. Cool. And there's a paintbrush. She has a she paints. Okay. Rapunzel paints. Okay, cool. And she wears purple. Now, is it possible these will like shared aspects of the original fairy tale? I know. I did do some research before you came because you were late. Okay, and- <laughs> cool. Yeah, just put yeah, put that out on the podcast. That's fine. I'm and still I, earlier than we usually record. In the original, well, not the original, but in the Grimm's fairy tale version, the witch's name is Gothel. So cool. I guess, but in some retellings, either she doesn't have a name or they call her something else. But okay. I think like Gothel is the canonical name. But I did learn something else interesting that I didn't know before. Do you want to know what I learned? Oh, please, please tell me. Do you want? Do you know what the name Rapunzel comes from? Uh, it is a corruption of the word repugnant because originally she transformed into a pig. No. No. Okay, You're I made, wrong. made that up. But if I hadn't known, I would have believed you. (laughs) No, it's actually the story goes that there was a couple that lived next door to a witch and the wife was pregnant. And so she was having cravings and she looked in the witch's garden and the witch was growing a kind of leafy green that one of like the German word for it is Rapunzel. Mm -hmm. It's not like a common green. I can look up like the binomial nomenclature name of it, but it's like a type of... You just said... A bunch of Star Trek Voyager techno words. <laughs> well, like the scientific name, there's there's like a special leafy green that grows that grows. In it's a special leafy special, green. No, yeah. it doesn't have psychotropic properties, okay. as far as I know. But there's it's like a type of green that you would like eat on a salad, and one of the names for it is Rapunzel. So cool. when the witch caught the husband, oh no, it's not. Around, it's not just kale, is it? No, it's not kale. Okay, I do know the German word for kale. Okay, go on, educate us. <laughs> Grünkohl. Uh, sorry, I think you were trying to clear your throat just then, so if you could just say the actual There's word. just, with German, there's so many sounds crammed into one syllable, it's really hard. Grün, grün, nope. I don't think it's going to happen today. It's- <laughs> well, that's most days, because the future is unwritten and it's unknowable. Hold on, I'm going to I'm gonna look up. What does that I'm all gonna, say? No, I'm going to get some, some, like an actual German speecher, speecher, speaker <laughs> to say this. Pronunciation. There we go. I'm going to see if I have those on like a German dictionary. If there's like a... This is really important. I'm glad I'm okay. glad we're looking okay, this up. Okay, Claude 5, who is a female from Germany, is going to pronounce this word for us. Grünkohl. I feel like we're having like a... A Laurel Yanni. Yeah, that's exactly where my main went. Because all I can hear is... Is, is, is Grinkle. It's it doesn't sound unlike Grinkle. The Grinkle. point is that Rapunzel is the name of a plant. It's not just a random weird word, and maybe in German it's like a nice sounding word. In Germany, actually, this film is just called Barbie as Kale. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> the, that, the, that title, the fact that in these early movies she's playing different characters, it's like if you went to the theater to see Keanu Reeves as John Wick, and that's the full title of the movie. Can I get one ticket for Keanu Reeves as John Wick, please? Do you want some kale chips with that? Yes. Yum, yum, yum. This yeah. episode brought to you by... By uh, Disappointment. Oh, I like kale. You, you might be the... Oh, well, I was going to say you might be the only one. You can't be the only one because there's an industry around kale now. Yeah. But it does... It doesn't not taste like eating lawnmower clippings, <laughs> but you do acquire a taste for it. It's interesting because I would liken it to someone taking uh, a, uh, like a dried lettuce leaf and wiping it on the inside of a toilet. No. 
You're wrong. Is Unless it... your toilet's full of lawnmower clippings. It's just a I mean, really that is grassy... where they keep them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's very grassy. It's like if you went outside and just got on your knees and started eating grass like a cow. That is what kale feels and tastes like. And people pay top dollar for this. Yeah, it's healthy. So, um, anything else we need to know about this movie? Such as, for example, are there any... I mean, the last movie had Tim Curry in it. This does have Angelica Houston in it. Neat. Morticia Adams herself. And Cree Summer. Who is Cree Summer? I do not know. That's just the name that's on there? And um, it features a song performed by Samantha Mumba? Oh, I know her! Are you kidding? Not like personally, but like Samantha Mumba, she, you know was, who that is? she was a pop star in the UK. Oh, well that, yeah. that may, I had never heard of this woman before. Cool. And no well, one's music is by the London Symphony Orchestra, so you'll, you probably know a couple people in there too. You'll probably hear a clarinet and be like, oh, that's Joe. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's Laura. Laura yeah. playing the bassoon. Barbie is Rapunzel shows that love and imagination can change the world. I, I mean, I so can literally any quality. Any quality can change yeah. the world. Malice. Can change the world. Oh. Indifference can change the world. Indifference can change the world if everyone is indifferent. Nothing gets done. That's a change of sorts. Let's watch this. Yeah, I'm let's do interested that. to hear Samantha Mumba. Mumba. It's pronounced Mumble. Mumble. I might be lying. Uh, but okay, we're gonna go away and watch Barbie as Barbie as Rapunzel. We'll be back after these uh, old commercial messages. Starring in her new movie, Barbie as Rapunzel. She's trapped in the tower. The ball's in an hour. Rapunzel, Rapunzel, let down your hair. In a minute. Grow it longer down to there. Beautiful. Add more hair on. Now it's really long. Rapunzel, Rapunzel. Time to go. We have no fear. Penelope's here. So they went to the ball and lived happily after all. World of Rapunzel dolls, dragon, and play sets each sold separately. We are dead inside. No, that was so good. <laughs> it was, uh, you, you would before How we. How is the sentence going to end? You when before we started recording, you said this was one of your least favorite. I didn't say it was one of my least favorites. I said it wasn't one of my favorites, okay. and that it didn't make a strong impression on me, and that I hadn't watched it in a while, and that you'd only watched it two or three. That times. I'd only watched it a handful of times. Yeah. Yes, it's two. Does two or three count as a handful? Yeah. What is a handful to you? I don't know. I mean, a handful to me is maybe five. Like, you could fit five viewings in one hand. I'm pretty sure... Okay, I, I think this would have been my fourth viewing of okay. it ever. Okay. So, you still it's, three it's a on handful me. now. Yeah, that's definitely a handful now. Why does it matter? This was a I know, beautiful film. The, it's just... No, the reason I, I say that is the impression I got from what we said before we st- when we were recording before we started watching the movie was that it didn't leave an impression on you mm-hmm. because it wasn't a good movie which no. did not fill me with confidence now you, the the best thing about this movie is that and you said this yourself while we were watching it and then just before we started recording so i don't want to feel, i don't want anyone to think i'm stealing what you said my intellectual property yeah this film made sense Yes, it had a plot. I think my expectations were low because I didn't really remember it. And after everything that happened with Nutcracker, I was just like, please save us if this is going to be another Nutcracker experience. But it wasn't. And the reason why is because as we were watching the credits, I saw that credited as a story consultant was none other than Robert McKee. Of story and the story seminars, which you didn't know who Robert no, I, was. No, I didn't know. I, as you started to, because again, you pointed this out just before we started recording, 
and I didn't recognize the name. But as you were telling me about some of the books that he's written and some of the stuff that he's done, I have a very vague memory of being told about him in the past, but the name didn't stick in my head. Yeah. Which, as someone who writes, is embarrassing. I feel like, yeah, I was surprised that you didn't recognize the name, but I'm sure you're familiar with his material. I'm probably, I've probably read something he's written. He's contributed a lot to, like, story theory specifically for screenwriters yeah he does seminars and he's written books and stuff so as someone who's written a screenplay i was very familiar with him and i was like i understand now i understand why this movie is a movie with a plot that has a beginning middle and end as opposed to just a bunch of stuff that happens as opposed to just yeah a weird pastiche yeah so Damn, they, they, they attracted some names. Samantha Mumba recorded the song over the end credits. Yeah, now I know who she is. Angelica Houston is the voice of Gothel. Gothel. Robert McKee was the, the story, story consultant. consultant. And then I guess some other people are also in this Free movie. Pre-Summer, I looked her up as we were watching, and mm-hmm. now I know who she is. She was the voice of Penelope the Dragon, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's a ton of stuff. Like, well, as soon as I heard her voice, yeah. I was like, oh, that one. Yeah, she's... um. She's been in everything animated series that's ever existed i think yeah she's in um she a ton of credits. in rugrats she's what's her name in rugrats whose name i forget Susie. she's Susie in rugrats yeah so just imagine that voice coming out of a big purple dragon it's, and it's the exact, it's the exact same, same voice. she only voice. has the one voice she i think she has a couple of other, no and she was also um foxy love is that the character's name in Drawn Together? Using, again, the exact seen same... Drawn Together. Drawn Together is like a Big Brother-style reality TV series, but it featured parodies of cartoon characters from different styles of animation that and movies. That sounds movie, so. familiar. So they had, like... I think Foxy Love was, like, from a Josie and the Pussycat style Hanna-Barbera Hanna series, is, and then there was a Disney Princess parody, and... Is this is for grown-ups? Yeah, which is why That's you probably... That's probably why I've never heard of it, because yeah. animation for grown-ups... Is not your bag, it's, baby. No, it's not. No, which is a shame. I remember trying to get you to watch one episode of The Simpsons. I watched it. I mean, you succeeded. At the end of it, I was like, huh? And you were like, hmm. <laughs> and that's not a satisfied, mm, that's a, well, did that. <laughs> I just, I want to be enchanted and delighted by the media I consume, which is why I have a shelf full of Barbie movies, and which is why I really, really enjoyed watching this. Okay. And I'm sorry if you didn't, but I also no, don't. It's- care i (laughs) i i it's not that i didn't enjoy this this was definitely it's just so much better than oh yeah it's 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 steps above the best barbie movie that we've watched so far here's the thing this feels like the first episode in a while where i think we have things to talk about yes because it's been it's been a few episodes now where we've had to come up with diversions Mm -hmm. like Literally any just any, really lengthy bits. Any nugget of a bit that I can latch onto that we can talk about instead of the movie, we'll do that. Or we end the episode trying to recast a popular science fiction franchise from the nineties. But this, I feel like we have. There's enough meat on the story content. bone. There's gonna be content. I can't the content. We're gonna create some content. <laughs> that's and that's that's our episode title. Yeah. Just let it happen Called organically. Shots. You can't just say, "Oh, that's our episode title," because then I okay, I feel well, pressured to like. Uh, one of it? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, first I apologize, and secondly, you can't just call that our episode title is now our episode <sighs> title. So, the narrative in this film, my brain working the way it does, has it's it has started to deteriorate. The narrative, not my brain. I mean, you're, to be fair, your brain is kind of deteriorating. That is true. But so, so much of it... So we gotta move fast. So much of it is still present in my memory, which is a nice surprise. 
after uh, so many... Everything else. So many... I feel like after every movie we've watched over the last four or five episodes... I've been like flashy thinged by by a Men in Black agent. Yeah, immediately after I'm watching the movie. I'm trying to think of the last movie we watched that would have had a plot. L- the Lego Movie, probably. Yeah, probably. So that was a while ago. Was that a, was half yeah. this the run of this podcast ago. Yeah, we we are literally halfway through our run away from the Lego Movie. Did we do the Lego Movie then the Emoji Movie, or did we do them the other yeah. way around? We did. Yeah, we went from a high to it to was, a low. It was a whiplash, and man. that is how that the scale difficult. that kind of set the but scale. But it's nice because we went from Angry Birds now to this. Yeah, and the, I my expectations were low yeah. going into this. They were low, but now I feel relieved. I agree wholeheartedly. This was such an, and maybe it's just because our standards over Are the last so few. Low. And the bow has the bow. The bar has been set. It's a bow now because of how <laughs> low it's set. It's the bar is on the ground. I think we buried the bar. It's buried. It's it's three feet underground. And what we didn't consider when getting ready to watch this movie because the the Barbie movies, it's been the last two. It's been over two. They've not been great. Mm-hmm. Films. I I think that of the two that we watched before this, I think Barbie and the Rockers and Barbie and the Sensations has more to talk about than Nutcracker. Than the Nutcracker, which is the it's the cinematic equivalent of uh, Screenburn. It's just something that is on. Yeah. It doesn't. It, there's nothing there. It's it's a pot noodle of a movie. You you put it on because that, yeah, because it's just kind of a options. weird yeah. fever dream screensaver. But, kind of situation. Yeah. But this ha- had stuff. This made sense and it had like a theme oh, it had- and, it, and it it was just very emotionally yeah. satisfying. It it wasn't great. Oh, heavens no. But it worked. Yeah. This was a meal that had components as opposed to like a tornado ran through your pantry and you just like picked up a plate that was yeah. on the floor. It's, that it- has like some cheese whiz and a couple of marshmallows <laughs> on it. Yeah, if if Barbie uh, Barbie and the Nutcracker is a is a, a pot noodle, this is one of those cheap like $2 microwave meals. Yeah. But that w- one of the ones where it, the 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 meal once you take out the mi- microwave doesn't look like it does on the picture, but it still surprisingly tastes kind mm-hmm. of okay if a little. Salty. And you can identify the individual yeah. components, and you're like, they put some thought into this in pairing the the entree and the side, and yeah. like thinking about the elements that were going into this. Yeah, there was some thought that went into it, and it it they were Robert McKee's thoughts. <laughs> Robert McKee. <laughs> His thought process. Oh my goodness. Hoard. His understanding of story. I'm just did... so tickled thinking that he like sat down to work one day and was like, okay, gonna work on that Barbie movie now. Gonna make those Barbie dollars. I wonder, because I mentioned this to you while, we, while the movie was on, I'm pretty confident that Angelica Houston, as soon as she finished recording her last line of this movie... That was, she, yeah. she's disengaged from, she's probably never seen this movie. She probably barely even remembers doing it. But I, I feel like Robert McKee probably learned something. Has learned is maybe the wrong word. You think he took something away from this? Yeah, I, th- I think that this was a process. Robert McKee is already brilliant. That goes without saying. But I, has he done any kind of toyetic movie before? I don't know, because I, I don't think I realized that he actually did story consulting for films. I thought he just wrote about them. Yeah. I don't know how to really look up his credits. Uh, IMDb, surely. Look it up on the internet. Look it up. I think that I imagine that he spent maybe half an hour 
just fixing their script for them. I feel like he's probably that good. That he was like, oh yeah, I'll just knock this out yeah. in a morning at Starbucks. Doot, doot, doot. Pay me however much. I wonder how much he does get paid for his, his consulting work. Oh, he did story consulting on three other Barbie movies. <gasps> Which ones? What uh, if they're my favorite? Okay, here we go. Barbie and the Barbie as the Princess and the Pauper. That is one of my favorites, yes. Barbie in the Twelve Dancing Princesses. Uh, I could take or leave that one. And Barbie as the Island Princess. <gasps> <laughs> I'm very excited to get to Island Princess. Okay, that's a ways off because that's a 2007 yeah, one. Yeah, it's a later one. So we're gonna probably get to that in about a year or so. Those none of those are my favorite. My ultimate favorite Barbie movie is Barbie and the Magic of Pegasus, which is also probably in, like, my top five just favorite movies that exist. And I'm not sure what that... Well, that's a lie. I know exactly what that says about me, and I'm okay with it. So, shall we... Because we spent a lot of time kind of gushing about... How great uh, this movie is. Yeah, our standards are just that low. I I feel like that lady writing a review of the Olive Garden. Of, like, I'm I'm used to, like, shitty patty melts and soggy fries. So to sit down to, like, a very average Alfredo is, like, is transporting me. It is, this is kind of a cinematic Olive Garden in that it is not great, but there are people in the world who, that you say, oh, we're going to Olive Garden for dinner, they go, ooh, fancy. (laughs) It's just a nice surprise. Yeah. I, when you're expecting awful and you get passable, you're thrilled. Especially when you've had a string of awful. Yeah. It's it's like being given a pretzel M&M and being told, that's a pretzel M&M. And you go, oh, I like sweets, but okay. And you bite into it and it's a regular M&M. And it's, that's, that's an improvement. That's better. Yeah. It's not the best M&M. Obviously, those are the crunchy M&Ms. But it's better than the pretzel M&M. It's better than what you were expecting, yeah. even if it's not the best. Yeah. I do kind of feel, I wonder if we're reaching a kind of, like, we're about to enter our Stockholm Syndrome phase (laughs) of the podcast, where it's, because it's not a cinematic abomination, we're just clinging desperately to (laughs) any, any morsel of positivity that this, that the, the films that we are going to watch have to offer. Because we have some weird stuff coming up in the next batch of movies. I mean, I think objectively like it's not inspired Mm. it's not inspired but it's solid yeah in terms of story structure that's how i would characterize rapunzel yeah it's uh, you don't go into this if you are watching this movie firstly how and why um no it's okay no i want to know what how they're watching it because it's not like it's streaming anywhere oh I guess so, not everyone has the entire collection. Yeah. Well, the the rumor is they're going to put out that big deluxe Blu-ray box set with all of them. No, that's not true. Oh my Why god! Would you Your do face that? lit up. Oh my god! I was. That I was, was so mean. I was, you know how gullible I am. That was no, a really was, mean thing to do. No, I was going. I was going to go into a bit, but then I saw how excited you looked, and I and thought, you're... "Oh no, this is wrong." <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so. so are you okay? Do yeah, you, no, I'm fine. I got really excited and then I just had a real letdown. I'm sure at some point they will release a Blu-ray collection and I will be the first person in line at I Amazon. I don't even... <laughs> just standing by a computer. Why is no one else here? <laughs> it's just you. I don't, I don't even think this film is in print on DVD anymore. 
So that would impress me if they were able to put out a big old box set. I was thinking, like, as we were going through the Barbie movies, that I was going to sell the ones that I didn't care about so much. That way I can sort of pare down my collection. Yeah. And I was thinking I was going to sell this one, and now I'm like, maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe I should hang on to this. It might be worth holding on to. I don't know that I would choose to watch it again, but if I was here and you said, yeah, you know, let's put that on, I might. I feel like it'd be a good legit. movie to watch when you're sick. Maybe or time. Are you gonna say hi when you're high? Yeah. Uh, or going in and out. Well, for me, when I'm sick, my go-to is Tin Ravioli and Star Trek Voyager. For me, it's Tenth Kingdom. Yes. Tenth Kingdom is my go-to when I'm sick. Shall we talk about the actual film yes. as opposed to just because I think we have our... actual plot beats? Yeah, to we go spent, we have spent twenty minutes just talking about how how enjoyable an experience. <laughs> It's such a relief. Um, uh, so the film opens... Firstly, this film uh, animated in 4.3, full screen, not widescreen. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's from 2002, and it was direct-to-video, so... That's still... that It does take points off for me, because I like I like a widescreen experience. I feel like there's no excuse. One thing we did discover about the DVD that you were quite upset about? No subtitles. No subtitles. There were no subtitles on the... Di- we had that problem with uh, Barbie and the Nutcracker as well, did we? didn't we? I, I feel think like so. maybe with Nutcracker, I just... I knew that it didn't matter. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd already seen it so many times. Um, or that the story was so inconsequential. But I, I didn't have a problem following it. Yeah, this was uh, this was a surprise. It's for children. Yeah. So the plot, there's, there's not a lot of nuance to grasp. Yeah. So the film opens with Barbie and the child that Kelly. I assume she's kidnapped. Kelly. Kelly, thank Kelly's you. Kelly's her sister. Kelly's her sister. She, you can still kidnap a family member, so but they- I'm pretty sure... Kelly was really calm, so I assumed it was consensual. Okay, cool. It's a consensual out. kidnapping. Yes. In Barbie and the Nutcracker, they were doing a ballet class together, mm-hmm. uh, and in this one, they're painting. They're painting. Uh, Barbie's a painter. Yes, Barbie's a lot of things. Yeah. Barbie's had more careers than I have, and that's saying something. Uh, so Kelly's painting, and she doesn't know what to paint. She says, "Why don't she?" Says, she says to Barbie, "Why don't you tell me what to paint?" And then Barbie, um, you know, as the youngest child in my family, I understand that <laughs> feeling, and I related really hard yeah. to Kelly in that moment. I do, I'm the oldest of, my, of mine, so, so you I, don't know what it was. Just like. me and my sister, but yeah, uh, I don't have that pool that, of that drive. That drive to just I need someone to tell me what to do. I, I mean, I have that, but not when it, when it comes to creative stuff. I'll I'll do my own. I've always done my own thing. I wrote a novella. Based on the video game Lemmings as a kid, because it's like I want to flesh out this world, and I did. The end. Copyright me. I forget Can how many you read pages. It to it me was. No, I don't have it anymore. It's okay. I wrote a whole book series when I was in second grade. I don't have it anymore. You left them at an airport, and they were, they were found by a young J.K. Rowling. <laughs> um, yes, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> Yeah, you've, you, she made a lot of edits. She made a lot of edits, but whenever you, I've noticed whenever you see photos of Daniel Radcliffe, you kind of wince with discomfort. <laughs> but should have been, should have been me as as Harry Potter. They yes. should have cast me. So yeah, my favorite thing about this is because this is the same framing device that was used. We now have this this kind of relationship dynamic between Kelly and her older sister Barbie, and I feel like. Because Barbie's just like, oh, well, you remind me of another girl I know from a story and starts telling the story of Rapunzel. And I feel like Kelly is get, has gotten to a point now where she knows if I don't want to do something, all I have to do is drop a few breadcrumbs and Barbie will spend 90 minutes telling me <laughs> a shitty fairy tale. Or maybe Kelly's like, oh, no, here she goes again. Oh, God. I just want to do, do you want me to do a horse or what? And she's like, well, once upon a time there was a girl. And I don't care. I just just tell me what to do with my t- raw talent. Barbie is basically the grandpa who who tells the same three 
stories from the war over and over yeah. and over again. How many of these movies open with this kind of framing device? Um, the first several. Okay. And they do stop at a point, but I don't remember exactly when. Okay. I feel like, is there going to be a, a movie where she starts to tell, oh, I've heard that one. Tell me a different one. <laughs> I feel like Kelly's too polite. I feel like she's definitely heard these stories multiple times. Yes. At least three or four. As many times as it takes for the lesson to sink in. Yes. So, Barbie begins to tell the tale of Rapunzel, and we are whisked away to the story itself, where Rapunzel lives in what I would would describe as a McMansion. Ah! There's no tower at this point in the story, uh, which we will come back to that as a concept, but we were both kind of taken aback by the fact that Barbie isn't trapped in a tower, and her hair, really not that that long. Not that long. Just normal, like, apostolic length. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it kind of comes down to about her butt. Yeah. In kind of this knotted... It's a little longer, but it's not ankle length. Yeah. It's just hair that's long. It's just a long, like, lobster tail of hair. Odd analogy, but I'm gonna let it go. Okay, cool. And they live in they live in this McMansion, this kind of weirdly designed boxy It doesn't not look like the estate from My Little Pony. Yeah, from the My Little Pony movie. It my note here is the tower looks suspiciously like a house playset that a kid might want to purchase from a store such as Toys R Us. Mm. And we, we are taking Back a, when there were Toys R Us's back in when there the back, year back in the day two thousand and the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. Anno Domini 2002. Yes. We're taken into the tower where Rapunzel, who is played by Barbie... I thought it was played by Kelly Sheridan. <laughs> Barbie, Rapunzel, who is played by uh, Tom Hiddleston. Oh, that would be so much fun. I would watch that just movie. Just like Loki with really long hair. Yeah. Barbie's just kind of there painting, and she has two sidekicks. One who is a rabbit, whose name I could not recall. I I think because there were no subtitles I never caught the rabbit's name but I am going to look it up on IMDb right now and we're going to learn the rabbit's name together Hobie Hobie the rabbit Okay well I feel a little better now cuz that's not a real name No that's that's H O B I E That's almost a cookie but not quite that's what that hob- hobnobs. Oh, that's where my brain went with I don't that. Have those here. Um, Hobie sounds like someone trying and failing to do an impression of Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. I kept waiting for him to go nerf at some point, and it just didn't happen. Yeah. And and the other friend is a dragon, like a uh, uh, Penelope. I put her down. Voiced by Cree Summer. Yeah. Uh, so just using imagine her Susie, voice. Susie the Rugrat. Yeah. I think is what they call her in Rugrats. Susie the, the Rugrat. animated series. Yes. Rugrats code on the animated series. Imagine that voice coming out of a big purple dragon. Yeah. Who looks a bit Wearing like falsies. Spyro the dragon. Yeah. That's yeah. A, it's very it's a very Spyro shade of purple with there weren't any orange accents on this no. dragon, but it did look very Spyro-y. Rapunzel is imprisoned in this not a tower and in this McMansion. In this McMansion and her captor returns home. We only we we only see fleeting flashes of her riding a horse. We never see her, we don't see her face at the beginning. We see her shadow, and her shadow cast on doors and hallways. Because of the headgear she's wearing, it does look like she's wearing a hot, a hot dog, dog on, her, on head. her head. Yeah. I don't know what that style of hat is called, but like the stuffed, rolled, medieval dealio. I guess it's more Renaissance, but. This film has no idea what period it is. It doesn't know what period it's set. Well, they, they claim meant, they... that it's in the 17th century. Yeah. So, like, that's the. I guess, but none of it felt. Of its era. No. Because, I mean, if nothing else, there was a, 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 a deficit, a shortage of magic paintbrushes in the 17th century. That was That's really more of a 19th century innovation. Mm, these anachronisms, man. 
Yeah. So Gotham and Hot Dog heads up the stairs and uh, lambasts Rapunzel for not doing anything when she's actually done everything. She's done all the chores. And she goes up the steps. She steps on a squeaky floorboard, which creaks and wakes the ghost up. Uh, that's that's what, a joke. That's that a was joke. a joke. There was no ghost. Sometimes I can tell when he's telling falsehood. <laughs> it's because you've watched the same movie. Oh yeah, that's the only. That's reason. the key thing. And Gothel gives Rapunzel shit for not fixing the creepy, creepy, the creepy floor. The, creep, the creepy, <laughs> the spooky <Ooh>. floor. <laughs> uh, that Rapunzel had no way of knowing was there. And then says, "Go make my tea. Make sure it steeps for exactly six and a half minutes." Which gives us six and a half minutes for some something to happen, not involving tea. And the thing that happens is. A tea, the tea tray gets kind of flipped into the air. Stuff gets thrown around. The rabbit, whose name I've already... Hobie. F- Hobie catches the cookies in his mouth. And then Barbie, Rapunzel... But Rapunzel is able to catch the, the most of the like the, 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 the tea dish and the, the tray and all, all that in her hands. But doesn't catch a spoon, which lands on the nose of an ornament beside the fireplace. Like a gargoyle. Yeah, which... The spoon is heavy enough to pull down on the gargoyle, and that reveals... It activates a lever that yes. reveals a secret staircase. S- a secret spooky staircase. Ooh. It's all ghosts. It's, everyone's dead in this, by the way. It's kind of like the sixth sense. So they go down into the staircase, Barbie and Penelope and and, and Hobnob. I, I guess his name's going to be Hobnob now. Yeah. So they go down the stairs into this kind of hidden chamber... Where they find, among other things, a hairbrush that says to Rapunzel, but the gist of it says to Rapunzel, your loving parents, on the on your first birthday, we fucking love you and shit and whatnot. Seems like a weird gift to give a baby yeah. with no hair. Well, also, the baby can't read. That's a good point. Yeah, why give them? Don't give babies things for their first birthdays. Like they can't. They're, they're, they're not gonna never going to remember. Save so much money. Yeah. If anything, get the parents a gift for not. Killing a baby for, for during succeeded. a 12 month period. You did it. That's the hardest part, is keeping this screaming flesh bag from dying for 365 days, or 366 if it's a leap year. Like, that's an and achievement. you get an extra present if yeah. it's a leap year. If it's a leap year, what if your baby was born on February 29th? Nothing. Does that mean you get, you get nothing? You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> yes. So Rapunzel's confused because Gothel's or Gothel has always. Gothel. Go- is that like a sloth sloth sort of yes. thing? Is that just a British thing? Yeah, we in the Are British dub. Are we going to launch into a Flanders and Swan bit? Yes, in in the British dub, she's called Gothel. Gothel. And Jennifer Saunders' voice is Barbie. G- Gothel had always told Rapunzel, "Oh, I, you were abandoned when you were just a few days old. So why does she have this this gift? Why indeed? Why indeed? Is that this is going to be like a, like a through line for this movie? Penelope, being a dragon, accidentally knocks over some stuff, and a shelf falls down." Making a mess. Oops. Go- Gothel, that's never picked up on again. That's never revisited. The mess is not addressed. It's not a, a mess. Well, I think it gives them a reason to go back down there again. Yeah. Because they do have to go. They they do have tend to, to Gothel's tea. Yeah. They go go back up to tend to Gothel's tea. Rapunzel gives Gothel tea. Gothel says it's adequate. How much of this movie am I remembering? A, a lot of it. I'm so proud of myself. I was <laughs> I didn't realize you were going to go into this detail. Gothel says it's adequate. The weasel is there. This Otto. weasel, Otto, Otto, Otto the the weasel. This weasel is weird. He has this kind of weird kind of very... Eastern European, almost Germanic accent. Yeah, I can't really place it because it's not 
it's not German, but it's also not Slavic. And I was yeah. wondering if it's just some sort of weird northeastern, vaguely European. Yeah. The the only the the name that came to mind. He sounds like a horny Augustus Gloop because everything he says it's, is kind of dripping mm, with kind of sexual malice. Yeah. In a way that made he us. He talks about wanting to eat the rabbit. Yeah. And it's. There's a lot I of... I think eat might be a euphemism. Yeah, there's... The, it, it's a, it was uncomfortable for us to listen to, to listen to anything that this weasel had to say. And and by the way, Gothel wears the weasel like a fur. Like a... Like, yeah, like a stoat. Yeah, like kind of draped around... May, could he be a stoat? Is that what he the animal... He could be a stoat. I'm, I just think weasel because... A stoats have white on them. And he doesn't... Otto didn't have any white on him, so I think he's just a regular so weasel. So he's just a... Yeah. He's just a regular... Or a Martin fucking piece of shit garbage weasel <laughs> with a trash mouth and a horny horny he's a very he's a horny little critter that, <laughs> that rides around on her yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. yeah it is what it sounds like it's exactly what it sounds like they have constant guilt-free contact. sex oh <laughs> no your thing mate, is, is actually the truth so i don't think she has sex with the weasel can you prove that i can't prove it but i don't think robert mckee would have allowed that well he was only specifically in his notes would have said like i see where you're going with the with this weasel like back off a bit please no subtext only please please no (laughs) please no he was only a consultant though he didn't have the final say on the narrative so yeah gotham and otto are doing it i guess is the conclusion (laughs) canonically i just want to say that i tried i tried to pull back from this but i guess we went there so they go they have to go back to the the hidden chamber the Chamber of Secrets, to... Mm, to kill the Basilisk. To kill the Basilisk. And once they've killed the Basilisk, while they're down there, Penelope sneezes... No, she stomps her feet. Yeah, she, and creates a... she puts a hole in the floor. Yeah. Oops. Because she's a big, clumsy dragon. Yeah, why is this dragon? Why? Yeah. When a, when a mommy dragon and a daddy dragon love each other very much. Yeah. They make a baby dragon. How? <laughs> Well, usually there's, like, a, a weasel involved. Like, it's kind of complicated. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so Penelope stomps, creates this hole in the ground, and they discover this hole leads to a uh, a secret back passage. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky back passage. That they can use, that she's like, oh, this goes somewhere. And then they leave. Yeah, or she and just then, leaves and on her own, And then she just says, bye, I'm going to check this out. The she... Penelope doesn't fit down the hole. Hobnob does, but says, does not. No. Yeah, he's he's... He, he he says tacos get out here and then <laughs> Rapunzel just kind of goes off on her own mm-hmm. and emerges at the top of a, a hillside looking down on what I assume is the backside of the Walt Disney Pictures logo the side we don't see because we see the side with the train and the the river but what's on the back is apparently this little village uh, yeah the of- silhouette of this castle is very Disney esque yes. She heads down and she she doesn't sing the the quiet village song from Beauty and the Beast, but there's a lot of yeah, there's There's, a lot of interactions with people. There's some very jaunty music playing as she's saying hi to the baker, and who seems disappointed that she's not buying anything. He's he's like, "Hi, miss," and she's like, "Nope," and walks away. Want any of those? And then he kind of does that that kind of grimace emoji face (laughs) and looks down at his own bread, like, "What the fuck?" I told you not to fuck this up for me. Um, I, I kind of in my in my mind's eye that baker is an ancestor to Jacob from Fantastic Beasts. Have you seen Fantastic Beasts yet? Um, yeah, I watched it with you. Oh yeah, I had completely forgotten that. 
But yeah, uh, he's the one with the bakery. I can see that. They look similar. They have very similar looks. And we'll be coming back to this baker because they definitely reuse this character model for at least for two other characters. Several, yeah, they have, yeah. I think they have like five models total. That yeah. They just kind of shuffle. It's like how in Tales of Monkey Island, almost every character you encounter is like one of two body types. Mm. Because they had, you know, limited resources. Meanwhile, while Rapunzel is, is exploring the town, the village, the quiet village. Every here comes day the, like the one before. Yeah, here comes the baker with his tray like the first time I've ever seen this baker. We cut to Spyro the Dragon going to visit her dad. Her actually, his, his, actually, new new theory. What if Penelope's dad is an an old Spyro who's <gasps> kind of, he's no, he's retired from adventure. Spyro changed his name yes. to Hugo, which it's is his Hugo. Christian name. Spyro yeah. is just a nickname. Yeah, his last name was something like Spyropolis, and all of his friends just call him, call Spyro. him Spyro. But as he got all older, all his school chums, so yeah. that just became his nickname. Yeah. So, but as he got older, he was like, "I'm just gonna stick with Hugo because Spyro's a little juvenile." Yeah, Spyro doesn't work for the law career I'm trying to launch. Yeah, I'm a father now. I really should, <laughs> you know, try to be mature and sensible. I can't be Spyro forever. And uh, so Hugo Spiropolis, <laughs> Hugo Spiropolis is trying to teach his daughter Penelope to be a not crap dragon uh which involves he says oh you need to fly do some flying fly now fly for me right now and she won't because it's too high she flies up a little bit and then she goes back down because she's scared of heights and her dad's like maybe she has an inner ear problem that's undiagnosed an undiagnosed um like sinus infection or Mm -hmm. something but hugo gives her shit for not being a mighty dragon. You're not a mighty dragon, he says. But she's a child. He sounds a little bit like like a, someone doing a bad Liam Neeson impression. Would you say he sounds like David Kay? I would say ex- exactly like David Kay. <laughs> Is that the vo- that's the voice actor? Yes, that's I'm guessing. the voice yeah. actor. What are, what else has David Kay done? He's been what in are... two hundred and ninety six things. How many of those things are Barbie movies? Two hundred and thirty eight. Um... I wish there were that many Barbie movies. Oh, we would never get done with this podcast. Barbie and the Three Musketeers! Oh, was he one of the Musketeers? No, he's Alexander slash Driver. Parentheses voice. He's Alexander Driver. Alexander Alex Driver. Driver. Alex Driver. Brother of Adam Driver. Oh, he was in Barry. Barry? Bar- Barry. Bar- Barbie's brother, Barry. Has his, <laughs> his own series. It's funny. It's actually they're about uh, Barack Obama. He's in a bunch of... Um, that's very funny. He's Thank in a you. bunch <laughs> Thank of... Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ignore the joke. Oh, no, he made a joke. I should probably acknowledge it. Um, yeah, so he's been in other Barbie stuff. Cool. He seems to have been in all the ones that Robert McKee did consulting on. Oh, maybe they were cousins. Maybe they are friends, yeah. Yeah. Because it's interesting to know that Robert McKee's IMDb page doesn't mention this movie. No, it doesn't show any... It only shows his writing credits. It doesn't show yeah. his consulting credits. They're listed as MISC. Misc. That's where I found the other three Barbie movies the giant he consulted mouse of Misc. on. Yes, um, I made a fivefold joke. You did, and I haven't seen that movie. Any oh. of them? Oh, oh! Haven't seen any of the fivefold movies. It's fine, they're sad. Okay, good. They'll make you cry. I like a good sad movie. So Rapunzel, she sees there are kids, and all of these kids are Kelly. Yeah, they're all Kellys. Kelly's. It's literally the same. They reproduced by budding. Yes, it's literally the same character model duplicated three times with different haircuts. One of whom is a boy with a bowl. That's Tommy. That's Tommy. Thank you for your deep, deep knowledge of Disney of of of, of Barbie, Barbie lore. lore. Penelope abandons her dad because her dad's like, "You'll never be a great dragon." She's like, and flies away. Um, I think the dad flies away, and Penelope's like, "Fuck." Oh yeah, he's the, never gonna love me. Yeah, he says, "I'm just going out for a pack of smokes. I'll be back in a minute." And then he never. <laughs> and returns. He never comes back. They, so she finds the kids, and one of them's fallen down this hole, and 
It was like, get help, get help. This kid's falling down the hole. And Rapunzel's reaching in. And my, I swear to God, my thought was, oh, she's she's clearly she's gonna, gonna dangle her. <laughs> like they keep cock teasing us with situations where she could use <laughs> it her is, hair. It's like draped over her shoulder yeah. as she's reaching down. It's like Chekhov's hair just sitting there and then nothing else. I keep thinking because she reaches down and I thought she's not going to reach. She's going to go. She's going to use the hair. She's going to use the hair. I have this tool that's attached to my body. It doesn't happen. Doesn't There's happen. one moment in this movie where, where the hair plays any role and it's in a dream sequence. It's dumb. We're going to come back to that. Yeah. But it should be noted that this movie is called Rapunzel. Apart from the fact that Barbie's hair is incidentally long and the witch's name is Gothel and there is a tower. Yeah. Doesn't really have anything to do with the traditional Rapunzel story. Yeah, don't go into this expecting like Barbie's take on Tangled. They could make another Barbie movie based on Rapunzel and tell a completely different yeah. story. And it would be fine. This is almost like a bar- uh, uh, Rapunzel-Cinderella hybrid. Yeah, oh, there's, there's a like, lot of... yeah. I, I'm going to the ball. Oh, no, I can't go to the ball. Like, a lot of... Just like a fun fairy tale mashup. Yeah. It's like a like a, a Gorilla's B-Sides album of a Rapunzel <laughs> story. But she briefly meets the prince. Yeah, because the prince is like, oh, thanks for saving yeah. my... My stupid sister. But we don't know that he's the prince at this no. point. And Rapunzel and the prince do not exchange names, which is good because I didn't remember what his name was. Stefan. Stefan. Oh, because later on I say uh, I, I called I called you him called Gwen him Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Oh, that's, a fun, a funny... that's a fun joke because you sometimes make jokes. I do do that. I've been known to do that occasionally on on this show. All of this is being watched, by the way, by Otto the Sex Otto Weasel. Otto the Sex Weasel. <laughs> There's a point later in the narrative where he gets like lubed up he does get and he's just like a slippery phallic critter Otto was a mistake (laughs) I'm just gonna leave that there I'm sure that's what his parents say oh no so Rapunzel's in a at this point the story gets a little muddy in my in my memory because my notes just say Rapunzel stands by a window with a flat texture of a hillside outside but she's not in her chamber right unless she is she makes it back right she gets back somehow. She paints. She paints a. a she doesn't have the paintbrush yet. No, she doesn't have the paintbrush. I think she just goes back. I think she just the goes tunnel. back the way she came. Yeah, and then she just has the. I don't know. I can't remember actually how she gets the paintbrush. She gets the paintbrush because um, Otto tells Gothel that Rapunzel has been out in the village, mm. and Gothel gets mad <laughs> and grounds her. Scene missing. Scene and missing. Scene missing, and like puts her in a tower, like grows her room. So it makes a tower. Yeah, so this is where the tower comes in. trapped there. Yeah, rather than having her having lived far up in a high tower her entire life, the tower is manifested around her at this point where she's, I don't know, let's say 19 years old. So she's elevated above the ground. And then she has that dream where the prince comes to rescue her and her hair's super long. Like she wakes up and her hair's just super long for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that sometimes you're in a dream and like you're just in your underwear or your teeth are falling out. She just has long hair and it's just accepted as a thing. Are you okay? Because you win. Sorry, I just thought of I I have an issue with teeth stuff. Okay. People say that they have tooth dreams a lot. I've only ever had one and it was disturbing. You turned into a giant tooth? Yes. That oh, was wow. Timmy the Tooth. <laughs> I sang a little song. Yeah. Was it about dental hygiene? Yes. Or was it like like an old NSYNC staple? Oh, no. It was about keep your teeth clean. Also, I'm in Egyptian catacombs. <laughs> I don't remember Timmy the Tooth very well. Sorry. I don't know anything about Timmy. I, I, I assume it's a character from like a dental Timmy hygiene. the Tooth is a puppet. He is a tooth. 
these are these are videos from my the deep deep childhood. But yeah, they would have them at Blockbuster. I think they're supposed to be educational. This movie is not about Timmy the Two. No, Rapunzel has a dream in which she has really long hair, and the yeah. prince comes to her, and she lets down her hair, and, and he climbs up. And that is that is it. That and is... then she wakes up, and she's like, "That wasn't real." <laughs> and my hair's normal now. Can That's I say flawless like, impression yeah. of of Barbie? Because she when it's weird as well because when Barbie is talking to Kelly at the like the bookend parts of this movie, she has a very different voice. But then when she's playing the character, like oh I'm a puzzle, well, I let my hair down, oh it's such a dream. Like she sounds like like a cartoon parrot. <laughs> It's great. It was an odd choice. Yeah. I don't know if Robert McKee signed off on that. No, I think they probably made that choice after he'd already like collected his fee and had like left the project. Yeah, and, had, and had washed his hands of it. Of it. Yeah. Him and Angelica Houston left together. <laughs> who knows what they got up to? I do. Nothing. Okay. I don't know if it was an auto gothel situation. <laughs> auto gothel sounds like an automatic gothel. <laughs> a gothel sounds like a like a brothel. For goths. For goths. <laughs> yes, a brothel for goths. There's a point where the prince is talking to his dad, the king. And the king character model is, I'm pretty sure, the, the baker's character the baker. model. Because he's exactly the same, except for I think he's a little... Do you think the king just, like, sleeps around? And so yes. all of everyone in the town is his illegitimate offspring? Yes. So that's uh, why his face is on everyone? There are a couple of knights who are up to no good, started making trouble in the neighborhood. I forget what the knights are doing, but they're, they get scared they, by Well, they go right? searching for this girl. Oh, because the, the prince Because Rapunzel yeah. and the prince don't exchange names. And yeah. it gets kind of Cinderella-y at this point. Yeah. Because he's looking for her. He doesn't know her name. He just has... I guess yeah. he has an army at his command on account of he's the prince. And yeah. so he sends some of his knights out to look yeah. for her. And the knights bothered me visually because they're wearing suits of armor. But because of the way that the characters are animated, and the animation, I think, it, like... Barbie and the Nutcracker, I think a lot of it is motion captured. Mm-hmm. Um, that their, their armor bends it's and bendy. flexes as as they move. Kind yeah, of like, it looks like they're just wearing. You know those they make those leggings that have like plate armor printed yeah. on them. It's kind of like that. Like they went shopping on Black Milk Clothing <laughs> and they got themselves a bodysuit yeah. that looked like plate armor. Yeah, the Skyrim does the same thing. All of the armor when you're wearing it, it bends based on how your character's mm-hmm. moving, and it just. It, Pulls me out of the game. Maybe it's every fantasy, time. fantasy armor. It's made of just, rubber. This is more comfortable because it's made of some sort of fantastical material. Yeah, they've just invented rubber, and they're like, "Oh, this is really easy to mass produce. We'll just make all of our suits out of our armor out of rubber." And then they realize, "Oh, wait, this won't stop a sword or an this arrow. won't stop a sword Oops. or an arrow." And but now it's... everyone's walking around wearing like rubber and latex, and I'm kind of into <laughs> it. Question mark says the king. Oh no, I discovered a new fetish. <laughs> now I have to have sex with everyone. Yeah. And that's why everyone has... And that's, that's why! That's it, canonically. Okay, we figured it out. I could. We figured I, out the origin story. You, you know what? It's nice to be able to kind of reverse engineer this stuff from what is very clearly Robert McKee's notes. Like, I'm sure that this was... <laughs> These were the notes he made, and, and they were like, this is a little too much for children. How can we just make this subtext? Yeah. I think the Robert McKee master plan for the Barbie movies, like, is airtight. Yeah. He really wanted to kind of give us a, 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 like a three-dimensional... If you'll pardon the pun because it's computer animated. <laughs> but a three-dimensional world it, which is living and breathing and the king fucks everyone because they're wearing... Do you think... Sex armor. <laughs> Do you think Robert McKee has like an MCU-style overarching canon for all of the Barbie movies that he worked on? He only worked on a handful, right? Yeah, but do you think for those, like if we looked closely, we'll see his design? I, I suspect it's less... Marvel Cinematic Universe and more DC Cinematic Universe mm. in that they abandoned it very quickly 
and <laughs> no one was particularly enjoying it. I enjoyed this. Yeah, but now as an adult. Yeah. Back then, probably, probably not, not as much. You already said you weren't looking forward to this. It didn't well, leave an impression. Well, I just remember that it didn't leave an impression, mm. um, which doesn't mean it was bad. But now I'm just relieved because I thought maybe it didn't leave an impression because Nutcracker style got wiped from my memory. Yeah. All the other Barbie movies you've watched are kind of overwritten. Yeah. The, 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 the data, data blocks. Yeah. The save data. Yeah. So my something something scene missing, Barbie gets her magic paintbrush. Well, she's very distraught about the fact that she's been imprisoned in this tower. So yeah. I think she, I think she literally like makes a wish on a star. She she expresses her distress, and like the stars twinkle or something. Like there's sparkles that happen. Yeah. And as she sleeps, her hairbrush is transfigured into a paintbrush. Yes. It's not really explained. Oh, because Go- Go- Gothel destroys her paints at one point, right? So she doesn't have any paint. Yeah, when she locks her in the tower, she destroys Gothel destroys her art supplies and the paintings she's already done. So she yeah. doesn't have a paintbrush, she doesn't have canvases, she doesn't have anything. Yeah, Mother of the Year, obviously. Yeah. Um, so Penelope and Ho- Hobo... Hobie. I'm getting closer. Um, Homer. Homo. <laughs> no homo. Aw. We don't know his orientation. It's never, it never comes up. I think maybe he and Otto have some sort of consensual, non-consent, 24-7 they agreement. Live that, they live that lifestyle yes. 24-7. That, like, their fat life Into profiles do not say, it. yeah. It's it's never, it's not like, I, you know, just in the bedroom, I live the lifestyle when I can, 24-7. And they are definitely 24-7. <laughs> They're both 24-7. Yeah, T4-7s. They bring the paint that they've made out of smushed berries up to... To, to Rapunzel, and Rapunzel dips the silver paintbrush in it and starts to paint on the wall, which is what you do. Let's encourage kids to like use the paint art on supplies the walls, on the wall. Yeah. Absolutely. And instead of it painting a thing, it autofills. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a really bad, like. It's content co- aware. Yeah, content aware <laughs> film in Photoshop <laughs> of the, the village that she had gone to because she was thinking about that when she was when painting. She started painting and it just. It sprung to life. Yeah. And then she discovered she can walk through this painting and appear there. And my immediate thought upon seeing that was now we know where the portraits from Super Mario 64 came from. Oh, you could do. Yes. Oh. Yes, it was. I'm going to agree with you on that one because it was it was a sturdy. It joke. was really strong. Yeah, if you want to have another go at saying that okay, was a really funny yeah, joke, sorry, where you're sorry. not yawning. Sorry. This is this is no. Do it again. Do it again. Okay. Uh, and I thought. To- <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, sorry, I messed that up. Okay. Go again. And I thought to myself, this is where the portraits from Mario sixty four came from. <laughs> Thank you. Is that good? Uh, do, do you want to do another one? No, I think I, I think worst case scenario, I can pull a laugh from a previous episode if okay, that one doesn't quite yeah. work. So she paints, finds this paintbrush, and whenever she thinks about and paints, she can go there. Mm-hmm. So thank God she found this paintbrush, and not some like weird deviant art, Sonic the Hedgehog fetish artist. Or Why the- do you always hate on the Sonic impreg folks? <laughs> I think you just answered your own question. Well, they. They have feelings. They're make, just they're, let listen, them, they're making discoveries, as yeah, we all did. Yeah, just let them live their lives. Using, I think it's weird that it's so developed a, as, a, as, a as a fetish. I yeah. actually, no, I spoke, my friend Doc was telling me about this, because apparently there was an article about it. One of the reasons why... I really want to know. No, you do. I do. Yeah. I genuinely do. So what, I'm so curious. Okay, so one of the reasons why Sonic is like the go-to for people like exploring their weird sexual kinks and fetishes and just sexually, generally exploring how they feel on their own insides. You know what I've I mean. I've done that. 
the reason why Sonic kind of becomes the avatar for sexual discovery is that in a lot of very Christian households in America, Sonic the Hedgehog was the only game oh. that these kids were allowed to play. Oh, that totally makes because sense. Because Mario's too violent, and Doom uh, is obviously too violent. Well, yeah. Sonic's all you got. I don't got. understand banning Mario, but I can understand how, like, Sonic does... There's not any messages really being communicated yeah. other than, like, there's colors and you're moving. He's just... He's cool, and that's really what we need to know about Sonic. And that allows kids to kind of imprint... <laughs> impreg. They, <laughs> impreg what they want Sonic to... allows them to impregnate to, him. Yeah. Because he's cool. Yeah. So, we were watching a movie, right? No, we were talking about Sonic Impreg. Oh, <laughs> as we so frequently do. Uh, that's our other po- podcast, by the way, is is the life impregnated. Impregnate a dick. No, icky. Barbie's gone through this painting. Does she immediately arrive at the prince? Or does that happen later? I think she, she, she arrives at the orchard where she was before, and the prince is there waiting for her. Because I think because he returned to the scene of the crime. And yeah. was like, maybe she'll come back. Yeah. Which we've all done. And so she just kind of materializes in front of him and he's like, oh, there you are. Yeah. Hey, um, what's so, up? So they hang out. But the reason that the tower went up is because Gothel had tried to get the name of the boy that she'd met because the weasel had told her that she'd met this boy. Gothel was trying to get the name of the boy mm-hmm. that Rapunzel had met out of Rapunzel. But because Rapunzel didn't know. She couldn't tell her. She couldn't. And Gothel yeah. assumed that she was lying. Yeah. And so that's why she punished that's her. That's why she punished her. Tower. So when Rapun- Rapunzel shares her name and the prince goes to share his name. Again. She says, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 Yeah, she's like, no, thank you. No. It's better, the better that you don't tell me. Um, I prefer to be anonymous. Yeah, I'm really, you know, I, I don't like to know the names of my conquests. <laughs> but that's something he's like, okay, that's cool. He's yeah, like, he's okay, totally. You don't have to explain that to me. Yeah, that's pretty part of the course of my hookups. Gothel's out and she's about to go back she's about to arrive back at the the McMansion and And Penelope and and Hobie Hobe, Oh no I've forgotten too <laughs> The Bunny The Littlest Hobo The Littlest Hobo are keeping watch and so they hear her coming and they're like Oh no we have to go warn her. We gotta figure it out. We gotta delay Gothel and slash or find Rapunzel. Mm-hmm. So Hobie goes and tries to distract Gothel and by and- complaining about his sciatica. It's painful. It's a painful condition. That's true. But um, why would Gothel give shit or fuck about that? I don't know. And then Penelope goes uh, through the portal to try. Reluctantly, she's yeah. very hesitant. She's really I, I would be cowardly too. lying about this. I would not want to put my yeah. body through a painting that seems uncomfortable. And then the weasel says a bunch of pervy things. Nothing he says isn't pervy. Let's get clear on that. Yeah. Here's the thing. The entire process of Hobnob saying she's gonna, Gothel's gonna be here in three minutes to Gothel arriving and then, and, and, and him attra- attempting to distract Gothel. That's a 10 minute chunk of time. Penelope going into the painting, all of that, that's a, that's more than three minutes. That's significantly more than three minutes of screen time. The end. That's it. I just wanted to the, call the attention point to that. Is that Penelope shows up. She materializes where Rapunzel is. They're hanging out. She's hanging out with the prince. And the prince is like, oh no, a dragon. Yeah. And Rapunzel's like, it's okay. We're cool. And then it's fine. And that's the end of the movie. And yeah, the end. Credits roll. Robert McKee. Thank so what you. do you think? What's your score out of... No. Um... And then and then the prince is like, well, if you have to go, like, please come to my... Uh, the prince's party. Because she doesn't. he doesn't want her to know yeah. that she's a prince. Also, we haven't even mentioned the kingdom feud. Which is a really... 
important. And there's so much depth in this yeah, film. Yeah, it's more than I was expecting. It's like, there's... it's Rapunzel meets Cinderella by way of, like, baby's first Game of Thrones. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of B and C plots that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, we discover that there's this other king called King Wilhelm, who is named for the screen. And... Do you want to do a Wilhelm scream for us? Ah! That's about it. Okay. I think I'll, I'll never get that image out of my... <laughs> the face head. I just put yeah. on? It's just I don't know if you've ever seen like a Maori haka where they stick their tongues out. That's no. kind of what it looked like. Okay. Nice. I feel like I've accomplished something. So the prince wants to invite... On the day of the party, because if the party's happening tonight, that's when he gives Rapunzel that he's like, yeah, I wanted to give you this invite. It's tonight. I know it's short notice, but I couldn't find you. I hope you have a costume and a mask for my fancy dress masquerade yeah. ball. And then the night of, he tells his dad, the king, oh, hey, I want to invite King Wilhelm. The king with whom we've been having a feud for almost 20 years, probably. He turns directly to camera to give us his backstory. Yes. Um, and the king's like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. And I'm in a Barbie movie. Gothel discovers that Rapunzel's going to go to this party. She, uh, The weasel steals her invite, the invite that the prince gave her, and gives it to Gothel. And but then- not before... Rapunzel makes herself a fancy dress with yes. her paintbrush. Oh, this scene with the dresses is so mm. weird. It's as you pointed out when we were watching it, it's kind of played for laughs, but the music is the like music oh. is, yeah. The music is like fanciful fairy tale music that's playing as like increasingly yeah. exponentially sillier and sillier dresses. Yeah, there's the dress that has like the gaping purple vagina on the front of it. And oh. then there's the dress that looks like an early nineties Taco Bell. <sighs> And yeah, then, it looks like a Wendy's kids meal. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's the the final dress, which is just is probably the one you could buy as a doll. Yeah, it's just it's not a nice dress, but it's the least awful of the ones yeah. she makes, in that it's like sparkly with big leg of mutton sleeves. Yeah, it was okay. It was decent. It was the best of the ones she yeah, made. It was the so least I'm worst. questioning her fashion choices because the paintbrush wor- works because she imagines what she wants to paint and then like kind of manifests it with the brush. Yeah. So the fact that she had these freaky dresses in her mind and was like, you know what I want to try? I guess she has lived in this McMansion her whole life and doesn't understand what fashion or style is. So yeah. she just needs to go a little hog wild. And it's a McMansion, so her basic grasp of like geometry and, and style and, style and, and you, composition. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. That, Thanks, Robert McKee. That was actually a yeah, really, really smart move. Yeah, it's 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 a lot wow, deeper than you know. When I think I'm free falling, suddenly Robert McKee reaches out <laughs> and catches me. Oh, God bless Robert McKee. Uh, <laughs> Gothel shows up and is like, "Oh, so you're going to go to this ball? Nope." Uh, and does a number of really really weird things. First thing she does is just cuts off Rapunzel's hair. Yeah, just cut, chops it all off. It's all gone with magic. Yeah, and not even like when I say cuts off her hair, I'm not talking like cute pixie cut kind of cut not like the, the cut that um what's the name gets in the 10th kingdom virginia thank you very much virginia but like shoulder length well, you know actually the lob cut is really in style nowadays oh yeah the blunt cut okay so in 2002 barbie predicted this trend <laughs> the very blunt cut oh no i'm hideous bob. with my still very nice hair <laughs> And then Gothel puts up a barrier around the the tower, the tower that forever the, the spell ends with and forever trap the prisoner with a lying, lying heart. heart. Yeah, um, it's emphasized. Yeah, and then she leaves with Barbie's hair. Oh, and destroys the paintbrush. Yeah, so so long paintbrush. That's gone. Yeah, and just dest- and destroys the painting that would allow her to leave. Yeah, right. So, That's gone. So Rapunzel is now trapped in the tower. So we're at the point. Which is traditionally the beginning of the Rapunzel story. 
Yeah. Except without the hair being cut off. She just kind of, Gothel just kind of drapes the hair over her arm like a pashmina. Yeah. And it's like, this is mine now. Well, like, she's like, she's got a, she's going for a full body massage and she's like, I've got my towel. Yeah. But she ends up wearing the hair. Yeah. Because she's, she pretends to be Rapunzel at the mask ball. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. She, she, wearing the hair and also, I guess, a hood of some sort of yeah, big hat. Yeah, she's got like a hat and a mask and she's yeah. just kind of pinned the hair under the hat. She lures the prince into the center of this hedge maze that they have because all rich people have hedge mazes I'm learning from television and film. I can't wait till I get my hedge maze. That's how I'll know that I've really arrived. Yeah. Where would you even keep it in the apartment? Um, I'll just make a little tiny bar over scale one. Okay. I mean, you can do that whenever. the kitchen table. Why don't you do that now? You know... It's a fun arts and crafts project. I'll do that as soon as you leave. And then you can put a little wooden sign on it that says, Two borrowers. I thought you might enjoy this (laughs) tiny hedge maze. Love and kisses. Molly. They know I love them. You think they they, they find the other notes you leave for yes. them? Yes. Okay. Can they read English? Yeah. Okay, cool. Of course they can. Because yeah. they can they can read stuff that we have printed. That makes some sense. I'm, I'm not as familiar with the borrowers as you for uh, a number yeah, of no. reasons. But we're tight. We're close yeah. friends. We, we glossed over this point, but Hugo, Penelope's dad, belongs, I guess, or is in indentured servitude mm-hmm. to Gothel and had been tasked with protecting the castle. And earlier... When Rapunzel had escaped, the only reason she came back is because Penelope said, look, my dad's tasked with keeping you in the tower, and if you don't come back, Gothel is going to do something to my dad. Yeah. Gothel's way of punishing Penelope's dad, this is where it starts, it makes sense, but it's starting to fall apart in my head. Gothel's way of punishing Hugo for letting Rapunzel escape is to chain him well, she specifically, she she restrains him and, like, chains him to the side of the McMansion. Yeah. And says, like, I have to go to the ball now because I have to deal with the prince. But, like, I'm going to deal with you later. I'm going to come back and we're going to have a talk. And you're going to pick out your own hickory switch. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that the him being chained up wasn't the punishment. But, like, that it's the it was obvious that he was in the doghouse. Yeah. The dragon house. The dragon house. He had fucked up. And he was gonna he was gonna get yeah. it. Penelope tells her dad, Hey, Rapunzel kind of saved your life. You know how the lady you work for is terrible? She's the world's worst. And then we also discover that there's a whole bunch of stuff here. There's still a lot to go. This is a really weirdly this is, dense movie. This is where the the, the, the the density of the narrative starts to manifest mm-hmm. itself. Because Gothel returns she goes to the castle to the ball and confronts both kings. King Wilhelm ah, has well, she, shown up. Jesus. She tries, yeah, she tries to kill the prince. Yeah. And, like, chases him around and chases him back. To the castle. Yeah. King Wilhelm has shown up. Yes, and he starts attacking the other king. Yeah, they, they get into a, a fight because King Wilhelm insists that the other king kidnapped his daughter. And that was the start of the That's feud. the start of the feud of the war. But then Gothel shows up and says, oh, no, I, I'm the one who took took your daughter because you king wilhelm you loved me yeah back in the day back in the day and he's like no i didn't know. That <laughs> she misread his signals thing. oh yeah really that's my that is my genuine fear is that i'm gonna misread someone's and then you're cues. gonna kidnap their child oh no that part is definitely not on the agenda but like i'm gonna be like hey so i feel like you're into me am i or am i misreading the signals they go oh you're absolutely misreading the signals and then i go okay cool and then i just bury myself underground <laughs> for 27 years that's like a cicada like a cicada yeah exactly rapunzel shows up because she she um no no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah meanwhile 
Penelope has figured out that because Rapunzel didn't lie, that Gothel's spell isn't going to affect her, that she can leave whenever she wants. Yeah. Because she didn't lie about not knowing the prince's name because she never knew. Yeah. So Rapunzel basically just leaves. She just goes. She just goes. Well, she 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 hops on Penelope's back, and Penelope flies them out of there because that's how that's that's Penelope's arc. Yeah. That we've just completed is that Penelope has learned to fly and is is brave enough to fly over the magical barrier. And her dad, her not Liam Neeson dad, says, "You are my you are a mighty dragon." Aww. I'm sorry that I said you'd never be a mighty dragon. Clearly, I was. See, wrong. everyone gets an arc. This is so yeah. new to me. It's fresh. It's like they hired an actual story consultant. <laughs> Um, Like a professional who knew what they were doing. Yeah, who's written books on the subject. So Rapunzel shows up with the rabbit and the dragon whose names have just gone out of my head. Penelope and Hobie. And there's that point where Otto Otto the Weasel is like, mmm, a snack, and pulls out two forks. Yeah, it seems like an odd choice. He's going to eat the rabbit with two two forks. forks. You know what I think happened? I think they animated a knife and someone said, is this too violent for kids? Mm, Maybe. I mean, they have been just having sword fights. Yeah. And Otto has said repeatedly that he wants to ingest another main character. Yeah. Goffle shoots a spell at Rapunzel that gets deflected. Like, she dodges it and it bounces off something, I think. I forget exactly no, they, what happened No, they, they put her in the portal. She's, like, chasing them. Oh, no. Well, I'm talking about the, the, the very realistic fire that spreads at a very natural rate. Oh, yeah. Rate. She starts a fire. Yeah, because the spell on ricochets their, off On of... their marble ballroom floors, yeah. <laughs> the... she starts a fire. Yeah, because the, the spell ricochets off something, hits a chandelier above the kings, lands in front of the kings, and then this very, very realistic fire. Um... Yeah, I jumped back a little because I thought the TV yeah. was on fire. Yeah, and it spreads at a very realistic high speed fire rate you know it's magic fire right she's a magical witch you know it's magic right yeah it's magic but the good news is they're able to put out the fire with convenient water all the all the like decorative vases that they have around the ballroom are apparently full of water so they just dump them on the fire i i wonder if that is to weigh the vases down so they don't get bumped and knocked over while people are dancing yeah maybe but then they're also lifted up very easily by the guards they're strong guards yeah Gothel is tricked. Ch- you're right. Gothel ch- chases Rapunzel into an archway. Rapunzel closes the door, which she previously used to paint a picture of the, of the tower, tower on. When she was trying, when she was coming back. Yeah. Before. So Gothel goes into the, uh, steps through that portal and arrives in the tower where she's now trapped. She's now trapped in the tower. Yeah, because you know we'll forever imprison the, the prisoner with heart, the lying, yeah. ha- lying heart, which. She has, because she, she lied about everything Every, to everyone. Everything. Yeah. Literally everything. Rapunzel is reunited with her father. Aww. Uh, Rapunzel marries Gwen Stefani. Mm. Is what my note says. Yes, yep. Prince Stefan. Everyone lives... Prince Stefani. Every, everyone lives happily ever after. And then we come back to the bookend, where Barbie has finished telling Kelly the story, and I think the moral of the story is you had the magic inside you all along. It's weird because... At the end, when they're, like, summing up the moral, it's like, your imagination and dreams, blah, blah, blah. But the story actually had a really important... Yeah. It had had a theme, and that wasn't what the theme was. Oh, it definitely was was not the theme. Because the theme was all about, like, forgiveness and moving on and ending cycles of abuse. Yeah. Like, weirdly deep for a Barbie (laughs) movie, but it was all about, like, yes, someone can have wronged you, but if you keep on seeking revenge like that cycle's never gonna end which is also the moral of batman forever okay i haven't seen that it's not on our list batman and robin is but i believe you yeah 
And then the film ends then with ends. a Samantha Mumba song. Yeah. And Do you want to sing a few bars? <laughs> You're close. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, okay, we've reached a point of diminishing returns. <laughs> yeah. I want this to stop. Okay. okay. And that's the end of this, this particular Barbie movie. So, because the framing device is Barbie's telling this story, I imagine her, like, sitting there... And then Rapunzel's in the field. And then we're going to go back... We're going to go back over here to where Gothel's talking to the... Like, she's hopping back and forth in the narrative because there's all these different different plot threads. But in terms of, like, story composition, like, when you saw Mr. Magoo's name in the end credits... Robert McKee? Robert McKee. Robert McKee. When you saw Mr... Uh, <laughs> call him Mr. Magoo again. When you, I'm the, I'm the I real I saw Magoo. Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Yeah. When you saw Robert McKee's name in the end credits, like, you leapt up with, like... <gasps> You were so surprised. I was... Because... It more just meant that, like, all the puzzle pieces came together. I was like, I was surprised that this movie made sense and had a coherent plot and a coherent theme. And I didn't know how that had happened. Because I knew that, like, the Mattel people didn't make that happen. It's not like they had more money. Yeah. So, when I I saw Robert McKee, I was like, oh, I understand now. It's... So here's what I think. Angelica Houston is the name in this movie, in the same way that Tim Curry was the name Mm -hmm. in the previous one. But Hollywood being what it is, they're unlikely to have paid Angelica Houston, Oscar-winning actress Angelica Houston, the same rate that they would have paid Tim Curry. Mm. Because that is how Hollywood is. Women don't get paid as much. It's an unfortunate fact of the business. It sucks. And that's hopefully going to change very soon. But my thinking is, the money that they saved by... Not hu- by on not having to salary, pay by not Angelica having to pay a man. Yeah, by not having to pay a man. They spent that on. But also not hiring their previous story consultant, who apparently just wasn't doing anything. They were able to pull that money and spend it on on something nice for themselves. On Mr. Magoo. They all went to Ben and Jerry's. They had a big ice cream party, <laughs> and where they met Robert McKee. Yeah, and they were like, "Hey, we have a little project." And he said, "Oh, tell me about it." But also, that will be uh, twenty nine ninety seven. Because he works in that Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. He works, yeah, Robert McKee works at the Ben and Jerry's in Burbank. Yeah, I've seen him there a couple of times. Yeah. They've got the uh, the, the, the non-dairy uh, Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, there, I've had the, the almond brittle. It's any good? Non-dairy. It's, no, it's really good. And I'm, no. this isn't a bit anymore. It's like really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, caramel almond brittle. This episode, it's Robert McKee's favorite too. I so, asked him. But at point of recording, we've been talking for an hour and thirty-three minutes. That's a long time. This episode, this is. It's been a while since we've done an episode that approached the one and a half hours mm-hmm. mark. But that's because this movie, and we we kept saying it. This movie is so dense. There's, there's so meat, much. There's meat yeah, on these bones. This is this is a good movie. Yeah. Like it's not. I'm not saying okay. It's a good Barbie movie. It's a good kids movie. It's actually a strong film. It's a strong story. It's a structurally sound story. Yeah. It just needs polish. Yeah. Like, the bones are there. The the the, the framework is there. Yeah. This needed someone, like a script doctor, to yeah. come in and just punch it in, up. Yes, and, to punch it up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it need, yeah, it needed a, like, a Joss Whedon, but not a Joss Whedon who Not an actual Joss Whedon. Not an actual Joss but Whedon. But, like, someone who can do pithy dialogue and, like, fun characterization yeah. to come in and just, like, add the entertainment factor. Yeah. Like, it was it was missing some of that. Yeah. But the it was a solid story. Yeah. And that shocked me. I, I think... And having rewatched them all, very fresh in my mind, this was a better movie than Man of Steel, Batman mm. v Superman, and Justice League. I don't have a hard time believing that because it was it was internally consistent. It had a, it had a strong through line. It had an overall arc and individual character arcs 
The visual effects were better. Yeah. <laughs> it had a really rewarding ending. Yeah, it was a fun experience. Yeah. Like, it wasn't... Because previous Barbie movies, I have had trouble keeping awake. This is a known issue. The first time we went to review Barbie and the Nutcracker, when we first started... It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I got so angry with myself and with the film, and we had to stop recording. But this was just a really enjoyable experience. I didn't expect to say this about any of the Barbie movies, especially not these early ones, knowing what Barbie and the Nutcracker was like. This was an enjoyable experience. Like, if, if... In the unlikely event that anyone ever wanted to have kids with me, I would have no problems putting this movie Mm -hmm. on for them because it's like, this movie has a a, a good narrative and a a strong message. Mm -hmm. And I dig that. It has two strong messages. Well, strong message and then whatever Barbie tacks on at the end. (laughs) Exactly. So I guess the the question we need to ask ourselves is where on the Lego emoji scale does this film fall? Oh no, is this like... (sighs) Keeping in mind that... I'm concerned that my my perspective is a little skewed because it's... The movies have been so bad for so long that yeah. I'm going to inflate this one a bit. Like, yeah. I'm grading on a curve a little bit. because I all think been that's so okay, terrible. though. Because I think I think we need that. But I think, bit. like, if Lego Movie is a 10, this would be, like, a 7 or an 8. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Like, if, if, if it's a percentage scale where emoji is 0% and the Lego Movie is a 100%, this is about a 70 to 75% yeah. film. Yeah, this is, like, a C. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is a solid C-. minus. Like, I'm really genuinely thrilled with how yeah. enjoyable it just, it just needs some punching up it needs a rewrite yeah. it needs a little polish but it's solid it, this is the best kind of win for us because yeah. it's a win that we weren't expecting this isn't us saying oh everything's been so bad let's watch the lego movie this is us well i guess it's time for another barbie movie and being pleasantly surprised yeah. by an early one as well so oh, oh, here's the thing we've watched three barbie movies now we have a one for three hit rate 33% of the Barbie movies that we've enjoyed, if we're counting Barbie and the Rockers and Barbie and the Sensations as one thing, which we really should and did, 33% of the Barbie movies that we've seen so far have been enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Which I honestly was expecting that percentage to stay at zero for quite a while. This is a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, I'm wondering how this ratio is going to hold as we work our way through all the, the Barbie movies. Yeah, but it's really cool. It's, it was really cool to kind of watch one that didn't uh, that wasn't awful. Yeah, that wasn't wasn't bad. Just a movie that like it was obvious when they were featuring a product or a toy, but it had a story, like it was yeah. its own thing. And that's the thing, like I never really felt like there was a lot of overt toyness about it. Yeah, the, really the only thing that stood out to me was like her dress. Yeah. Like they made a big thing about she's changing into her ball gown. Yeah. And that's that's Beyond it. Beyond that. Yeah. So with all that said and done, what are we going to be watching next <gasps> week? We're going to be watching Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. The first Dragons. movie. Uh, what year did the that original. film come out? I genuinely do not know. I'm going to Google it. 2000. So the film came out in 2000. Yeah. So a couple of years before this one. So the visual effects aren't going to look as, <laughs> as good. Dungeons and Dragons, the movie stars Thora Birch, Jeremy Irons. I do remember Jeremy Irons' performance in this. Yeah. It made a really strong impression on me. Justin Whalen is in this. Marlon Wayans is in this. Um, Lee Arenberg, who is probably best recognized from like Pirates of the Caribbean, and he plays, I think, Grumpy in Once Upon a Time. He's in this as well. 
Um, Richard O'Brien and Tom Baker have cameos in this. So some big names. Yeah. For not great. It's movie, not as a good I movie. Recall. We've made a conscious decision. We've seen. We watched this movie. We watched this movie what like Somewhat a year recently. ago. But uh, yeah. So next week we're doing the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I'm which, really looking forward to it. Yeah. I know it's not on streaming anywhere. We have it on Blu-ray. You own it. I own it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I don't. Want, I just, sorry, I didn't mean to drag you into, into my show. <laughs> I do not own it. No. Um, I used to own the second one because it came on sci-fi a lot when I was growing up and it was mm. like an in-joke with my brother and me that like we would watch this terrible movie and so I think one time I spotted it in like the bargain bin at Walmart and wow. I picked it up and I was like this is a gift for you. <laughs> <laughs> and your brother doesn't speak to you anymore? No. No, okay, well... That's fair. Um, we're going to wrap things up now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, which was good, I think. I think we've no. actually made a good one, a good episode. This this good, good content of uh, the Life Toy Edit with Ben and Molly. If you have enjoyed this episode, do please leave a positive review on iTunes, Skitcher, Google Play, anywhere that lets you leave a review. Um, bathroom stalls with a Sharpie yeah, for is always a good. good. Time. Go to thelifetoyedit.com. If you can afford to hire a skywriter and write the name of our podcast and the accompanying URL uh, in the sky above your hometown, please do that. We're not going to reimburse you for that, but that would be really cool. I mean, as long as the inhabitants of your hometown are native English speakers, I feel like otherwise it might be a waste of... Or at least, like, translate it before you... Sky right. Yeah, and if you ever want to get in touch with us, you can send an email to show at thelifetoyetic.com. You can tweet at us. We have a Twitter at thelifetoyetic, and we're also at thelifetoyetic.tumblr.com. Molly, where can people find you on social media? I'm at Molly Alice Hoy. Pretty much everywhere. On every everywhere. All over the place. I'm everywhere. Uh, like the Holy Spirit. She's om- omnipresent. And I can be found, I'm on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Ben Padden, B-E-N-P-A-D-D-O-N. Yes, please get in touch with us. We're always very excited to hear from you. Yeah, whenever we see, tw- like, whenever we we dropped our new episode, we're recording this on Friday, our new episode, we dropped the new episode with the Angry Birds movie at time of recording two days ago and seeing the tweets come in from people who were listening to it and enjoying it. Genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. I it- just love getting my dopamine hit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've come to expect that from social media, even though it is kind of a, a hellscape yeah. right now on account of the we try shape to be, of the world. We try to be a bright spot yeah. on your feed. Yeah, we make an effort. So we really do appreciate hearing from you guys. And again, if you email us, show at thelifetoyetic.com, maybe we'll read your email on the show. If it's a question, we will answer it. If it's a statement, okay. We'll acknowledge it. We'll I definitely guess. acknowledge it. Um, but yeah, it's we- a snide remark. We'll probably not realize it's a snide remark and think you're being earnest. Yeah. Or at least I will. Huge, huge thank you to Brian Melblum for providing our theme tune, the Toyetic Toe Tapper, which every week we talk about how much we love that tune. It's so great. It's great. Uh, I think I might say that to my ringtone, actually, genuinely, because I, I kind of love it a little bit. Yeah, join us next week for Dungeons & Dragons. Thank you very much for listening to The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I have been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And The Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. Slippery sex weasels sold separately. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have sex with people, kids.